uh, today, which, see, I put my phone up here. I never leave my phone up here. I keep it with me. I See, that's why I don't do that, y'all, because y'all know better. I posted this on my Facebook page. There's a vast difference between awakened interest about Jesus and awakened hunger for Jesus. Interest will move you to sit in the crowd. Hunger will drive you to push through the crowd. I was like, whoa, man. But then she posted this. I post this on what has become one of the most religious exterior performances done out of mere ritual holiday weekends in our nation. May our excitement about Easter go beyond just a day to fill a building to a sustained effort to push through the crowd and find him every time we gather. That's the kind of stuff they preach all the time. And it's like, you know what, I, I, that's, that's what I like. So we're going we're gonna to try to go over there uh, on the 16th, uh, which will be a Friday. We have the bus, but we've still got plenty of time. I've got to get a few more things figured out because it is a three-hour drive. So we would drive back in the middle of the night. Well, most of y'all would sleep while the driver drives back in the middle of the night, and, uh, which is normally what happens. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll have a sign-up sheet for this uh, when we get closer. It is free, and uh, they will actually be coming back again later in the year to uh, Pastor John Ortiz's church down in Port Natchez, Port Arthur area. Uh, well, actually, though, he's doing it in Beaumont, but he's got his Open Heavens conference, and uh, we plan on going to that, too. It's going to be a th- Friday night and Saturday morning. So we're going to go to that because he's got a few different speakers coming in. Uh, the Fowlers are going to come in and do the worship, things like that. So we've got, got some of that coming up. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to get a hotel on that one uh, because it's going to be in a hotel, and it's going to be crazy. We're going to have an, an awesome time. Uh, today we're going to talk about, and you know, you know how I am about titles. Yeah, I, I made the title. I put it in the bulletin, did everything, and I'm sitting there and looking at it last night like, I didn't do that one right. The end of the beginning. I said she had, should have said the end or the beginning. When I think about the crucifixion and the death, right? Was it the end or was it the beginning? And so, but you know how it is. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. What God has been really challenging me about that. Um, we're gonna talk about the road to Emmaus and, and some things that transpired there to hopefully challenge us to move on and to be better. Amen. To be better and, and seeking the Lord and to be better as believers. Um, we're going to, I'm going to talk about something else here in a minute, but we're going to get ready to uh, receive our tithes and offerings this morning. And, uh, we're going to bless the Lord. Now, listen, if you're visiting with us, we're not asking you to give anything in this. I always say this. We're not asking you to, to, to give anything. If, if God prompts you to give, give, but here's my little saying about it today. We want you to pull up a chair at the table and eat, and nobody's going to ask you to clean up afterward. We just want you to enjoy what God's doing here in this church the presence and, and, and the worship and the different ministries that go on. And so we're not trying to get your money. If God prompts you to give, please give. Our church is blessed because we're a giver as a church. Amen. So we're going to do this in a few minutes. Uh, you can write a check to New Life. You can give online. And uh, newlifeag.church slash giving. You can text. There's, there's plenty of ways to, to be able to give. But uh, we're going we're gonna to do that here in just a minute. I'm just giving you all a few moments to, to get all that ready. Um, don't forget next Sunday night, not this Sunday, not tonight, because tonight I'm going to eat crawfish. I mean, I'm going to eat. Uh, I got to drive an hour and a half, but I don't care. Uh, next Sunday night, we will be going back up to Bentley uh, Assembly, and we had a fun time last week. It's, this is a, a church that we're helping to revitalize. 
Uh, they, they have about four adults in it. So we had a lot of our worship team was able to go. Oh, I'm sorry, five, yes. Um, there was a lot of our worship team was able to go. So we're bringing live worship. They haven't had that in years. And we're having a good time preaching and enjoying. We had an amazing altar time last week. And uh, we're going to go every Sunday night, and all we're doing is preaching revival. We're not doing Bible studies. We're not doing anything else. All we're doing is every Sunday night is revival. And we're going to allow that, that presence to, to just fill out into the community and to spread. But if you want to go with that, just, just let me know. And, um, hey, we go. We set up. Have good ministry. We tear down. We come home. Last couple times we stopped and ate, but uh, I don't know if we're going to keep doing that or not. Probably so. You are buying your own next time. Um, no, I'll just pick it up. The waiter decided to put it all on one bill, so I was just like, give it here. I was like, yeah, y'all got me on that one. That was Matt's fault. So, but look, he said, <laughs> so it's all good. I put them to work, though. They earned it. But anyway, so, yeah, just, you know, hey, be a part with us. I'm be honest with you. Going up to a place that, that's been dry for many, many years, uh, the pastor has done all that he could. You know, the, the years that he was there, this just the community. And But you know what? We're coming in with revival. The same thing we do in this house every week is we seek after the presence of God. That's what we want. We're, we're not here to hear some great worship team. We're not here to hear some great preaching because I'm not a great preacher. We're here to, to fight through whatever the world sends our way to get to the presence of God because we want an experience. And that's what we pray every week is we have a new experience with Jesus. Amen. So let me pray, and we're going to let them come and uh, serve you. we got some young men out there. We've been teaching how to receive the offerings. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that we get to be in your house today. And, Lord, I pray that you would receive these gifts, Lord. We want to bless you today on this special day that we celebrate. We want to bless you, Father. So receive these tithes and receive these offerings and just smile down upon us. Lord, bless this offering that it would be multiplied a hundredfold or more. Lord, use it around the world to support the missionaries and do the work of the gospel, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana, that we would be able to help feed those that are hungry and to reach those that are lost. And we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that this morning, say amen with me. Amen. amen. Go ahead, guys. Y'all can serve them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on, man. I love seeing the youngsters up there. the comic relief of the service no not really i just appreciate them being willing to to serve amen so hallelujah jesus well we're going to start our service off a little bit different than we traditionally do i want to read some scriptures and then we're going to go into worship you know we've been doing one worship song and then but we're going to change it up a little bit can we be different today is that okay okay with the interim superintendent's permission you know you know Y'all keep praying for Sister Thelma. She has uh, I, I've stepped in, okay, stepped into the interim uh, school superintendent position here for Voles Parish, and y'all be praying for her. Um, that's a big set of shoes. She's capable, but it's still, there's, you know, there, there's something about, about setting in the second seat and then moving to the first seat. Because, you know, I've sat in the second seat in the church for many years. But when I stepped in as a senior pastor, I was doing the exact same thing. But, boy, it was different. It was a lot more pressures. And so keep praying for her and, and her family because there's, there's different stresses. Amen. So, hallelujah. Listen, if anybody feels uncomfortable in here, feel free. To, we've got a balcony up there. You will be able to see everything. Uh, we do disinfect the building between every service so that you know that. 
But uh, if anybody feels uncomfortable, I know we're still in a COVID season. Some people feel more uncomfortable than others. We just want to give that, give you that opportunity. So uh, we just let them do that. So listen, I want to read some, uh, well, I want to show you a picture first. Can you throw the picture up there? I'm getting ahead of him, I know. There you go. My wife found me this picture, and that is a cool picture. Now, I'm not sure exactly what the rope means yet because my son put it around there, and he hadn't told me. But, uh, but you know what? That, this is what happened, right? He was beaten, and, and the crown of thorns and the blood, you know, the, the, Todd Agnew had that song, Which Jesus Do You Follow, you know, years ago, and, and a lot of us wouldn't recognize Jesus in reality because why? This is more what he looked like with the blood and everything, not the blue eyes, long hair, you know, like he just got it done over at, you know, somebody's salon. And, but I just love that picture that here you have the suffering Savior on the one side and the lamb, which, I mean, the lion, which is truly who he is. He's the lion. Amen. He came as the lamb, but he was truly the, the lion. So, um, but, yeah, just, I don't know. It, I think she saw it on Facebook, but... I want to read some scriptures to you this morning to, to get us kicked off in this. Go ahead and throw it up there for me, please, sir. This is Luke chapter 24. I'm reading it out of the message. And if you've been here a while, you know I've been reading the Bible and the message this year. And I've been just seeing so many other things. So I just want to read it. At the crack of dawn, see, this is the way we talk. You know, at the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. They found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb. So they walked in, but once inside, they couldn't find the body of the master Jesus. Now, hold on right there. These are some of the people that have been with him all this time and had heard what he said that I'm going to rise. Somebody asked me just the other day, why did they even have this prepared? Because there was still some disbelief in there. There was still some unbelief, right? Why are they even trying to go there? Why aren't they going expecting that he's not going to be there? They went expecting to prepare their master's body for burial. Okay, go ahead. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then, out of nowhere, it was seen two men, light cascading over them, stood there. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? Mm. He is not here but raised up. Remember how he told you, remember that? Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners, be killed on a cross, and in three days rise up. Then they remembered Jesus' words. Listen, we need to remember what Jesus said. And today we come together, and as this, is, this is not the day he raised from the dead, but it's the day set aside that we celebrate his resurrection he died on a cross, was buried, stayed in there three days. But can I tell you that the grave couldn't hold him? The grave couldn't hold him. We're going to celebrate that today. And here in a moment, we're going to come in and we're going to do some worship. We have flags up here in the front on either side. Feel free to get a flag and to worship. You can move out. You can dance. Just worship him in truth and in spirit. When you're done with the flag, leave it on your chair and I'll disinfect it later. But here's the thing. If he's really alive, shouldn't we celebrate? We went to the funeral, and there was a body. That when they come back to put the grave in the, the casket in the ground, there wasn't anybody. Wouldn't you be celebrating? 
So come on, we need to celebrate today. We need to celebrate today because today is the day the Lord has made. And we, I don't know about you, but I know me and the worship team are going to have a good time. How, amen. Hallelujah. Well, Rollins going to share something. Before we worship, it's Easter. Everyone knows Easter. But uh, I don't know. When I was here, I was praying, and then the rope was laid down around the front. I was like, you know, symbolic. As you see on this, it's over the lion and it's not the lamb. Because Christ, with Jesus Christ, was the lamb that was sacrificed. Too often, you see believers, they want the lamb, the nice peace and comfort, but they cage the lion like a zoo. Because it's a conqueror. In the Bible, that's what the lion means. It's a conqueror. It's fierce. It's strong. It's powerful. You always cage the lion, but you need to uncage it. If God is truly risen, then the lion is uncaged. If you are truly saved, the lion needs to be uncaged. I'm going to ask you, even if you're already a saved Christian, if you're not a Christian, if you feel that you need to rededicate your life to make sure that this lion is uncaged, I really, really encourage you to come to the altar. You rededicate your life or be saved for the first time. Because once you do that, you will feel freedom. This lion is no longer caged because this lamb was a sacrifice for your sins. Whatever you may have done, this lamb is a sacrifice for your sins. And then you'll be protected by the lion. If you feel you need to be saved, I really encourage you to come and to rededicate your life or dedicate your life. Hey, let's stand up this morning and get ready to worship. Y'all ready? Come on, let's uncage something this morning. Of a tribe on the rattling. 
This is the place where the dead man walk again. Yeah. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of the dry bones rattling. Rattle. This is the part where we get to have fun, come on. Of the song in there where it talks about just ask the, the bones of the man that was thrown, just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha. Maybe in here today you think that it's, it's done, it's too far gone. This man was dead. 
it was done. And he was thrown on the bones of the prophet Elisha in the tomb. Remember back when Elisha took the mantle that was falling from the sky from Elijah. He said, what do you want from me? He says, I want a double portion. Elisha died one miracle short of the double. When you read through the scriptures. God still had one more in the bones of Elisha. So that the, the dead man could be thrown into the grave. Don't, don't tell me that you're too far gone. Don't tell me you're too far gone. Come on. But God. That's all you got to say is but God. Always a but God. It, it's, it's, it's not over until God says it's over. There, there's no such thing, guys. Come on. One day, y'all going to catch that. Hallelujah. Come on.
and the life. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. And shame is a robber it's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer Lifting me up from the grave And love is the power Where my freedom song is found No Come on Gonna rise up. 
just wanna be with you. We just wanna be with you. Come on, give him praise this morning. There it is. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to do one more one more song. Yeah, I know. Come on. If I can get it to turn. There it is. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to do one more song here. Can we do that this morning? I was just waiting. He was transitioning over. Come on. And thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. Before you sit down, turn and tell somebody that he is forever with me. Come on, tell somebody he is forever with me. Hallelujah. I got to find that microphone. There it is. Hallelujah. Whoo, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to stay up here, Mike. I'll try to be good. You don't know how long that's going to work, but we'll see. I can try. 
I'll try. Get my water. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Come on. Come on now. Listen, I'm, I'm up there. I'm going to blow my voice out every week for Jesus. You know, I used to do that when I go to football games, so I figured, you know what? I could at least do it for Jesus. He's definitely more worth it, even when LSU is on a winning streak. <laughs> I was going to say something about the Cowboys, but I'm going to stay away from that today. Listen, I pick on the Cowboys because I'm from Texas, and I had to be different. And I remember the days when Grandma would be cooking the chicken and dumplings. And the boys would come on. Now, this is Tony Dorsett. No, this was a real team, not what they got today. This was a real team. And we had to make sure we unlocked the back door of the trailer because Grandma's couch was on one side and the TV was on the other, and you did not walk between her and the boys. That, no. So she'd go over there and turn the dumplings down, and we'd go around the house if we had to get to the bathroom. You did not walk between her and the boys. And uh, so, yeah, I had to be the outsider. But that's okay. Somebody's got to be the outsider, you know? So we were rooting for the Saints back when you wore, you know, bags, right? And so now you'd suffocate because they don't get paper bags anymore. I just thought about that. It was funny. We'd all suffocate. Jesus. Whew. So listen, I want you to turn your Bible over to Luke chapter 24. Mike, I'm just going to come get my Bible and go right back up there. I tell my videographer up there so he don't fuss at me. I forgot my Bible in here. We're going to stay in Luke chapter 24. Can we do that today? Is that legal? Can we do that? Okay, just making sure. It's the word. I'm going to turn off a couple of these fans for you. I said, I know I, I like it, but I get up here and sweat so much, so. Good, good, good. I'm just double-checking them real quick. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 24, I'm, I'm going to stay in the message. Let me turn that down. I want to read 24, verse 25 through 27. This is, again, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm enjoying the message. And sometimes the, the parts it puts I'm not necessarily in complete agreement with compared to the King James, you know. But for the most part, I, I like it. So Luke chapter 24, verse 25 through 27 says this. Then Jesus said to them, see, this is how we talk, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that the things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer, and only then enter into glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets pointing on everything in the scriptures that had referred to him. He had to go back to the beginning. He had to start over again. And you know what? Sometimes we need to do that. We need to go back to the beginning so we can figure out what was really going on because there's a lot of us that sit in church every week and we struggle with little bitty minute things that should never bother us. Why do we do that? Because we're struggling with our belief that God is real. And we struggle with the belief that God cares. Right? That's really what it boils down to. If, if I trusted without a shadow of a doubt that God was going to intervene in my situation, then it, it wouldn't bother me so much. Yeah, it, it's a situation. It's there. You know, it's kind of like the baby. She'll stand up and jump without you ever having your arms out. Why? Because she thinks you're going to catch her. It doesn't enter into her mind. Now, you do it one time, and that's it. It's going to happen for the, you know, about the next two hours. Never thinks about it again. Why? Because they trust you. 
they don't know how to not trust at that point. They're taught how to distrust. They're taught. How do they learn distrust? By your very actions. You say one thing and do another. But I've, I've got a book where that never happens. And I can look back through history and, and study. All of these things are proven and they happen. But here we see the part of the story. We're, we're going to jump back to, to the beginning in a minute. That, that these, these guys had been around Jesus. They had been around Jesus. They had seen the miracles. They had seen the things that were happening. And now all of a sudden they completely don't believe it. Why? I don't know. Would you think that, that it would be difficult for God to feed you once you watched him feed 5,000? I would assume not, but for some reason it can be. Because we've been so trained by this world to disbelieve things. So let's go back up to the beginning, to verse 13. And we're going to read through some of this. We're going to look at the road to Emmaus. Because I, I believe that that's the part of the resurrection story we need to look at today. Going back up to verse 13. That same day, two of them, two of the, the men, were walking to the village Emmaus. About seven miles out of Jerusalem. Now, I just find it interesting, honestly. They're walking seven miles in a day. Did they just get up early in the morning to decide to walk, or was this an evening walk? Or, you know, because I'm thinking, okay, seven miles, it's going to take a little while. Just out of the blue, they decide to walk to Emmaus. Getting in my car and going seven miles is no big deal. But I just was looking at that like, they're just going to walk. I don't like walking across Walmart, more or less seven miles on a dusty road, but that's just me. All right, let me get back to the real story here. They were deep in conversation going over all the things that had happened. In the middle of, the, of their talk and question, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, what, what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? I love this part right here. What are you talking about? It's so important. Anybody ever had Jesus just walk up to you like that through somebody else maybe? Maybe you've entertained angels and didn't realize it. They just stood there a long face like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hadn't heard what's happened during the last few days? <laughs> like, are you the only guy that hadn't heard what's going on? Like, and we think Facebook spreads news fast. You know. He said, What has happened? Of course, they said the things that happened to Jesus. Now, here's, here's what I want you to pay attention. Look at their response. The things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him. And we had our hopes up, look at that, that he was the one. The one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. I'm not going there. Don't worry. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that is, he had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Okay, I've learned a few things after being married 25 years. I stay away from certain things. But I do want you to focus at this set of scriptures. The things that happened to Jesus of Nazarene. 
not the things that happened to the Son of God. Not the things that happened to the Messiah. Right? He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work, and was blessed by both God and the people. Not, he was a man that did many miracles. He was a man that raised the dead. He was a man that lived a sinless life. You, you see the, the, the difference here. From, from the guys that, that walked with him and saw his ministry, they literally saw this being lived out. And, and now all of a sudden they're, oh, he was just another guy, a guy, you know, he's just a guy. Mark, you're just a guy, don't, you know, you're just, just a guy. Right. But then the next verse I found very interesting, because look what he says here. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. I thought they had left that pharisaical religious crowd, Right? They had identified themselves with Christ, with the Messiah. Most of them had even been baptized in water. But now they're going back under the religious system because there was protection under the religious system, not persecution. Remember when, when Peter, oh, we know you because of your talk, and they started coming at, against Peter at that point. See, here they are. They're trying to distance themselves from who he was. And for, for just one little thing that he had told him over and over. And we had our hopes up that he was the one. The one about to deliver Israel. They had put their hope in him and now it's completely crushed. How do we do that so quickly, guys? If this story is true, how do we deny it so quickly? It took them three days to deny that all the things remember the the scripture says that that if the books if they had written down everything that Jesus had done the world couldn't contain them we we only have a very small snapshot just a moment in time of the things that Jesus did i can tell you that in that in my 20 or few years of of serving the lord the miracles I've seen him do have never made me doubt him. They have added one more page to the book that says, this is why I believe. And when the enemy comes in and says, well, no, though this, this isn't going to work. I go back to the folder and say, well, it worked here. Uh, it worked here. I, man, this one's even a good one. And if I don't have one in the folder, I open up this little book that I got right here that's full of them. You see what I'm saying? We've got to settle in on ourselves. So maybe we need to go back to the beginning and, and realize that Jesus Christ was a real man. He was just like you and me. He bled. The, the picture, he bled. When they pierced his side, water and blood came out. He bled. But he lived a sinless life, which proves that you and I can do it. Oh, but Pastor Rich, he, he was God. This is thus saith Richard, not King James or thus saith the Lord or nothing else. But as a youth pastor, as, as, as I was sitting there trying to figure out a way to, to describe this to teenagers so they could truly understand it, I came up with this saying. Some people like it better than others. If Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and did the things that he did with anything other than what's available to you, he cheated. Say that again. 
if Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a sinless, perfect life, raised the dead, cast out devils, did all the miracles with anything that is not available to you today, he cheated. But I know he didn't. I know he didn't. He was full of the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Ghost. It says right here. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I can sit here and pray in tongues. I can do all those things. The same spirit that raised him from the dead resides in you as a believer. If you're not a believer today, you want to know why your life is in such a mess? Because your life's in such a mess. Because your spirit is in such a mess. Your spirit is dead. And you've been trying to figure this thing out with your own mind for, for a long time. Listen, I tried that road. I was in my 20s when I got saved. I tried being a good person. I tried doing all those things. And, and guess what? It, it just brought me drama. And it brought me mess. And it brought me sleepless nights. And brought me all kind of things. And I was probably better than most of y'all. In my mind. We keep trying to figure this thing out with our head. When you get it down inside of you, you're not going to tell me that Jesus isn't real. You want to know why I, I sing the way I do? Off key and everything else? It's because I believe every song that I'm singing. I believe it and I would die for it. I believe everything that I read in here. Well, that's just an allegory story. Not to me, it's not. It's legitimate. This is thus saith the Lord as if we were setting in the court. It happened. And when you get to that point, when the devil comes up and starts messing with you or, or things are, you know, difficult in your life, you're going to be like, no, I'm not believing that. Either I believe this or I believe that. You've got to choose. You've got to choose. See, they sent friends off to, to go check the tomb and they didn't find Jesus and it freaked them out. Too many of us come to church every Sunday and don't find Jesus and it doesn't bother us. That was just one of those little jabs. Just a little toe step. Because our expectations are not coming to church to find Jesus. We're coming to church to hear some guy that, that speaks well or a professional team that never hits the wrong notes. Can I tell you how many times this one song today I kept wanting to hit the E, but I resisted every time because Jonathan kicked my chair in practice. Stop hitting that E. It's too early. Dang. And me and that G-sharp minor. And I'm going to stop there because it's not about those things, guys. It's about do you really believe? Do you really believe that what happened? Today you come in here to celebrate. Or are you checking off a block saying, if I go to church, God will give me an extra check mark, an extra gold star? It is not about a gold star. It's about the eternity of your soul. Jesus did not come live and die for nothing. He so loved the world that he came, sent his son, lived and died so that we may be forgiven. Jesus was put on trial. He was beaten, crucified, died, put in a borrowed tomb. Borrowed tomb. Because he knew he wasn't going to need it. But then the third day. The th you know why it was three days? Because after the third day, the Jewish, the Jewish people believe that your spirit has left your body. They believe you can be raised from the dead before the third day. But after the third day, it's done. God can't raise you anymore. 
Yeah, go look at that. That's interesting. So God just did one more of these things. It says, really? I, I can't do what? Yeah. But God. The third day, two of the women were preparing his body for burial. Could you imagine God sitting up there like, what are y'all doing? Did you not listen to what he said? Okay, maybe you didn't listen to what he said, but it is in the Old Testament. It is in the book of prophets that these things are going to happen. They didn't. Ah, Jesus. They thought it was the end. Could you imagine what they were thinking? You mean I followed this guy? I quit my job. I was a fisherman, and I had a pretty good job. You know, I had my own boat. I had my own family business employees and everything and I done quit that to go follow after this dude and he done went out of business. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Let's look at verse 25. We're continuing straight down today. We're going to go back to where we started. Verse 25. Then he said to them, so thick-headed, slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all the prophets said? Look at this. Don't you see that the things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through the, all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. Now look at verse 28. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. It's a long seven miles. He acted as if he were going on but they pressed him. Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. I love how he puts this to just make us stop and pay attention. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and he broke it. And he gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Verse 32, look at this. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures to us? They had been trying to pay attention to their minds, and Jesus was going for something much deeper and much more important. He was grabbing at their hearts and their spirits and saying, hey, hey, let me speak life to you. Let me speak life to you. You can't figure out life with your mind. You can't figure out how to get out of your trials and troubles. I know somebody that I've been preaching this to. Don't get out of the process. Listen, when I got saved, I had to learn how to do some things different. I know of a gentleman that got saved after being 20-something years old, growing up on the streets of Detroit in, in the gangs, never hearing the name of Jesus. He heard the name of Jesus, got saved. Within a year, he went to Bible college. Got kicked out of Bible college four times. <laughs> That's pretty bad when you get kicked out of Bible college because of the way he treated people. Finally, an older gentleman grabbed him up and said, Hey, brother, can I, can I talk to you about how you act? He's, and Yeah, sure. Well, you don't talk to people like this. Oh, I'm not supposed to? <laughs> Nobody had ever told him how to act. Any different than being a gang leader. Now, he was a pretty intimidating guy, bald head the whole nine yards, you know. And it's, nobody ever told him. 
Can I tell you he had to learn? There was a process. There's a process. God's walking you through a process. Does that mean the minute you get saved, your life is going to be perfect? I wish. I wish. I wish daddy would go out and sell about 10,000 cattle, put it in my bank account, you know, give me a glorified body right on the spot that did not wear this size shirts. Back about a size 32 would be perfect. Knees didn't hurt every day when I sit down. Shoulder. God, I'm not going to go any further. I wish that's what happened, but guys, that's not the reality of it for everybody. God, God didn't create these problems you're in. You did. I preached a message one time. One week it was faith that moves mountains. Remember? The next week was is what if your mountain don't move? Anybody ever had one of those? Well, I gave Jesus a try. Well, there was your very problem. It's kind of like the military. When you join the military, you don't give the military a try. <laughs> they own you lock, stock, and barrel. I had one of the girls in, in, in uh, electronic school that, that got in trouble because she went outside. She got drunk, fell asleep in the sun, got sunburnt really, really bad, had to go to the hospital. Guess what she learned? She didn't own her body no more. Dereliction of duty and destruction of government property. Yeah. And you know what? Saying the word saved, we use that term, but can I define it a little bit for you? In the Bible, I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior over my life. I was bought with a price, and the price was his blood. So therefore, I don't own myself anymore. You know, if I, if I wanted to go borrow Sue's Corvette, it's her car. She could say no. But if I did drive it and did something to it, she owns it. And I'm going to get in trouble. When I allow Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to wash me and, and to open my spirit up and make me alive so that I can see him and understand him and have an experience with him, what I'm saying is, is I'm no longer my own, but I'm yours. I now turn myself over to you. I have now become your, your slave. We'll put it that way because it makes sense in our minds. You own me. But what we want is we want the forgiveness without the ownership. It can't happen that way, guys. It can't happen that way. What we need is to say, God, I, I need you. I need your help to fully submit to you. And I need an experience with you. Too many times we want a head salvation. I'm not interested in your head getting saved. I want your heart to get saved because when your heart gets saved, it's going to move up to your head. Your head's going to eventually figure it out. It's like a saying we used to have, you know, you don't, bring a, you don't tell a prostitute to change clothes before she comes to church. You bring her to church and let God change her clothes. See, we've got to stop thinking we can do this stuff on our own because that's religious mindset. And that, that's nothing but the devil. Let me read one more scripture to you this morning down on Luke chapter 24, verse 45. If you notice, I've stayed in the same book for you today, the same chapter. Make it as simple for you. Why? Because this, this chapter tells me everything that I needed for you to see anyways. Verse 45. Jesus went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read the Bible this way. He said, you can see now how it is written that the Messiah suffers rises from the dead on the third day 
and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed, look at that, in his name to all the nations starting from here, from Jerusalem. You see, when, when our eyes are opened and we truly understand what the Messiah came to do for you and for me and for all mankind, all eternity, then what happens is, is it's a total life change through the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. It's a total life change. It's not a, I come to church, I get saved, and I go back out to the bar tonight. Right? It's, it's a, I come to church and, and I, I get on my knees because my life's a mess and I say, Jesus, forgive me. Then I go back out and I keep playing house with the girl or the guy that I live with. We can't keep doing the same things and say that we want to be different. Because true repentance is that I'm turning away and I'm not going back to. You see, that's where we get it wrong. And that, guys, that's the part we got to figure out because too many people are playing church. And can I tell you that we don't have a lot of time left. We don't have a lot of time left. And you can play, the, you can roll the dice if you want to, but I'm not. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to. The rest of this. You're the first to hear it and see. You're the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised to you. Stay here in the city until he arrives, until you are equipped with power on high. Then Jesus went. See, Jesus loves us so much. He wants us to have an experience with him, not just a phone call once in a while. Can I tell you that when, when I was overseas, you know, it was great to, to hear my, my wife's voice on the phone, even though there was a delay. But there's nothing like coming home and actually seeing her. And, and pictures are great. And, and FaceTime is great. And even with COVID, we learned this with the, you know, with the nursing homes and the hospitals and everything else. But can I tell you that being in the same room and having an experience with somebody, being there with them to talk and to see their face and all this is much more desirable than being on the other side of a, of a phone. Guys, today we need an experience, but maybe we need to go back to the beginning to figure it all out again. Because his death was not the end, but it was the beginning of what was fixing to take place. What was fixing to take place. So listen, what I, I, I want to challenge you with this today. Go read this chapter again. And sit there and read it and, and say, God, show me something new in here. Every time I read the scriptures, I want to see something new. If I don't see something new, what, what's the use of reading it? Because this word is alive. It's constantly showing me new things. I'm constantly seeing something different. But you're in this place today, or maybe you're even online watching us. And you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day to have an experience with him. Today is your day to say, I want forgiveness. And I want to be different. Just asking for forgiveness without difference is, is that's not, come on. I'm going to forgive you of your sin and leave you in the mud. That's not what he came for. He said, I'm going to show you how to live a new life. I'm going to show you how to live in the kingdom now. Because inside the kingdom is all these things. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've prayed that prayer before. Maybe you never have. It doesn't matter. Maybe you just want to come and say, you know what? Today I want to stand and say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to be able to pray with you today. So I'm going to ask you to just come up to the front. And I want to come down and pray with you. Yeah, I'm challenging you to come up front.
We're not doing the raising hand things because here's the problem. We'll raise our hands when everybody's eyes and heads bowed like, I don't want nobody knowing I'm doing this. And then we walk out of here and go back to our old lives. We've got to live our life open. Open. So if you're here today, I just want you to get out of your seat and come up front. I want to pray with you today. I want to lead you in a prayer. Maybe you say, I want to, I want to sh- listen, I want to commit myself once again that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm not saying that you're dying and going to hell or you're not or anything. You know that already. If you're not following Jesus Christ, you are. If you died today, that's that's what the Word of God tells me. So go ahead and get up and come up here quickly. I don't want to try not to take all day because our children. I'm trying to be respectful. That's why I talk. I say jokes every now to make them laugh. Come on, if you want here today, come on up front. I'm going to pray with everybody at one time. So hallelujah. Come on, anybody else? I know there's more than one in this room today. Jesus. Well, I'll go pray with her. Come on, anybody else in this place? Yeah, I'm pushing you today. Yeah, I'm pushing you. Because I know how hard it is for those two ladies to come up here. And they love Jesus. I know they do. But you know what? If we won't walk up front of a building, we're not going to walk out of here proclaiming Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're just not going to do it, guys. We're not going to do it. Because I'll tell you this, that, sure, I'll tell you this, that when I got saved, he was at a Christian concert, and I couldn't wait for the preacher dude to stop talking, and the guy was talking to me in the back, and I went up to an altar and got on my knees, and man, I was bawling, I was a military guy, I was sitting there crying, and I learned for that day that Jesus wanted to forgive me of my sins, and I wanted it, and I knew I needed it, I knew I needed it. And I got up and I stopped cussing. God changed my life right there to prove to me that he was real. So come on. If you're here today and you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to hurry up and come up here because I'm going to come down and pray with these. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all come over here with me. I'm going to do this as a group. Can we do that as a group? I know many times... Oscar was overseas off the coast of Egypt and all those things. He was away. He understands what the being away part is for sure, you know. But Jesus is our Lord and Savior because he's forgiven us of our sins. He's washed us and cleansed us with his blood. And by confessing that he is my Lord and my Savior, I want them both. That means I'm going to submit to him. It's no longer my choice because I don't own myself anymore. I don't get to say I want the walls to be pink in this room. That ain't my room no more. It's his. Doesn't mean he doesn't let me choose. Just using examples. So today we're just going to pray a prayer. And I know most of you have prayed before. So dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I confess right now, you, Jesus, are the son of God. You came to this earth, lived a sinless life. You were beaten, crucified, died, and rose again for me. Just for me. Your blood washes away all of my sins. 
the things that I have done wrong my entire life, you are now forgiving. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I commit to you as my Lord. Commit my life. Change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And allow me to have an experience with you like never before. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. See, guys, a prayer like that is the start of a journey. It's the end of an old and the beginning of a new. The next thing a person has to do is to figure out how to walk that life, right? They have to learn how to truly submit to him. And the way we do that is by reading the word of God and learning. Thou shalt nots. Thou shalt nots. It's a gray line. No, it ain't no gray line. It's black or white. Thou shalt nots. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for coming up this morning. Today he's the lion. Just think about it. At any moment, he could have called down 10,000 10, legions. You know, my favorite part of the Passion of the Christ, I know this is going to sound kind of morbid, but it's <sighs> the Passion of the Christ, when, when, they, when Jesus finally gets the, the cross all the way up there, it falls to the ground, and then there's the scene where he turns over and he starts crawling toward it. And there's a scene where he just lays down on it. And I love how Mel Gibson portrayed that, the director of the movie. No one forced him on that cross. He crawled over there willingly. If anybody would have forced him to go to the cross, you, you think it would mean as much in here? Oh, well, they forced him. No, no, nobody forced my Lord to get on that cross for me. He did it because he loves me that much. He was willing to die for me, even as brutal of a death as that was, because he loves me. Oh, and he loves you too, I know, but he loves me. My Bible says I'm his favorite. And you have to find it in yours where he says you're his favorite. But until then, I'm still his favorite. Our guitar player years ago had that on, I'm God's favorite, nah, nah. <laughs> Listen, God loves you, and he wants the best for you. He's not trying to hold you back. It's just like he's trying to keep you from going down that road because he knows the bridge is out and they forgot to put the sign up. And in Marksville, they always forget to put the signs up. So it's a perfect opportunity. It's like somebody going down Brew yet in the middle of the night. They don't know what they're going into. Somebody's sitting in the back saying, hey, don't go down there. There ain't no cell phone signal. Just, just turn around now, man. If you're not from here, you don't understand that, but the rest of us do. <laughs> so listen, God loves you. He died for you. So today, keep him in everything you do. Keep him in everything that you do. And tomorrow when you wake up, keep him in everything you do. And when you wake up, Lord, thank you for letting me wake up today. Thank you for dying for me once again. And thank you that today I am still saved and I will not run that person off the road that drives crazy in front of me and can't drive the speed limit. <laughs> Just go ahead and thank him then of your struggles that he's going to forgive you and help you through it. I talk about that a lot because my wife messes with me about it. So listen, stand up this morning. I'm going to pray over us, and then we're going to go our way. Don't eat too much. My pastoral tidbit there, don't eat too much because gluttony is a sin.
Push yourself away from the table when you get full. Just go back for seconds later. Sure, hold on a second. God's been placing this vision in my heart. The stone has been rolled away. There's so many, maybe those online, I don't know if it's any of us here, but the stone has been rolled away. There are countless soldiers who are trapped within their minds and their horror stories. The stone has been rolled away. You need to allow God to help you walk out of your homes. And you need to come into his saving knowledge, into knowing that he can set you free from all of that. There are those that have the anxieties and they cannot walk into the stores. They cannot walk into this church. The stone has been rolled away. You've heard the message. Heed to it. Allow him to give you the strength to do what you have to do to live your days in his glory. Thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus. So, Father, I bless your people today. The word says that we are blessed coming in and going out. Everything we put our hands on is blessed. Lord, I speak the blessing over them, and I also speak peace over their homes, that they shall have rest, they will be strong. And, Lord, you have also said you've given us the ability to get wealth, Lord, that their barns would be full, that we will have no need. We would, you, your word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread that we would have enough, more than enough. So, Lord, keep us safe as we travel and let us return back on Wednesday wanting to worship you and an expectation of your presence and your miracles in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, shout amen with me this morning. Amen. amen. Listen, we love you guys. There is a red bucket out there. If you weren't able to give an offering earlier and you want to drop one off, you can leave one there. But we love you. Hey, we'll see you Wednesday. Amen. We're going to have first Wednesday worship, I think it is, this week. So... Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Day. <laughs>